You're listening to the Accordion to Me podcast with Veronique Medrano. Hi, I'm Veronique, and on this week's episode, we get to chat with Derek Garcia, the Rio Grande Valley native and Navy veteran, turned local CBS NBC news anchor journalist. Derek talks about what led him to joining the military, as well as digging further into the reasons for pursuing and maintaining 11 years of sobriety. As some of you know, early in 2020, I was in an accident. The consequences that you have to live with after can be a lot. You can lose your car, you can lose work and therefore money, and you can of course be super injured and have huge hospital bills to pay. No bueno. So if like me, you've been the victim of an accident, you need a professional to help you get the care you need. In case of an accident, you need a lawyer to protect your rights and your wallet And you don't have to look any further than that simple phrase by going to the URL incaseofanaccident.com for a free consultation 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And if the person that suffered the accident wasn't you, but maybe it was your tia or your abuelita or something, don't worry. Everyone at In Case of an Accident speaks Spanish. They can even take messages through WhatsApp at 888-990-0911. So if you or a loved one have suffered through a horrible car accident like me, visit the team at incaseofanaccident.com for more help. Just don't forget to tell them that Veronique Medrano from Accordion to Me sent you. Hi, everybody. My name is Veronique Medrano, and you are joining me on the Accordion to Me podcast, where I bring different special guests to talk about life Accordion to them. Today's guest is Derek Garcia, morning news anchor for CBS4 in the Rio Grande Valley and Navy veteran who was born and raised in Bronzeville, Texas. And you're actually my first in-person interview. Everything has been digital. It's the power of the internet. But but today we are in person. (laughs) The world is healing. We are getting back to -to face-to-face stuff. Some uh, some face to face stuff yeah, for sure. So it's it's kind of nice. It's nice to to have somebody in yeah. studio versus just being like I'm trying to read your energy through a <laughs> delay on a camera. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the whole Zoom thing that I think uh, hopefully goes away in the long run. I think it, I think it brought people at least face somewhat face to face. But for my job, I absolutely hated it. So what about your job made Zoom more difficult? Was it just connection issues? It, no, it was that exact same thing about like, you're trying to read the energy of the person. I think a lot of journalism, I mean, obviously it's always facts first. Like yeah. that's what matters. It's facts first, truth, and all of those things combined. But often, I mean, it's it's the finesse of storytelling. Yes. Anybody can put a bunch of facts out there, mm-hmm. but it's how you make that person's message matter. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to do that via Zoom. I did an interview the other day and I was like, I really wish I was face to face with this person, mm. but it's just, we just couldn't do it. They live in another state. So I completely understood. But at the same time, I was like, man, I wish you were here in front of me because this connection that we're having right now isn't exactly what I want it to be. So it's almost like um, I, the the easiest way for me to kind of translate that almost is like singing on a track versus singing with a live band. Exactly. Like there's, there's a little bit more essence to something when you can feel that energy vibration. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, even with like watching stuff, like watching performances, watching stuff, yes, you get some type of emotive response. Right. But it's not quite the same as like literally sitting in the same room and listening to a performance or doing something like that. Yeah. So that totally makes sense. Yeah. And it's, and it's, I think while Zoom brought us, you know, a little bit closer together, I think it definitely took away the aspects of, oh, well, I can do this instead of driving 20 minutes to go see you. It's like, <laughs> no, like, let's actually go do this. I don't this. have like, to, do, I don't have to add drive time to right, my exactly. interview, to yeah. my editing time. Like, um, I, I remember, and it's not something a lot of people know about me is I was, and I still am to an extent, um, a freelance journalist. And it's not something that I, that ever gets brought up because I mean, why, why would I bring it up? I have so many other things. things. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many other things going on, but that was one of the hardest things for me is like, okay, so I have to calculate drive time, getting set up, doing the interview, then packing everything up yeah. after I've done the setup, mm-hmm. then go to studio. Then it like, it's just after a while, like you were telling me off yeah. air, you literally start your days at one in the morning yeah, and I'm sitting here going, bro. <laughs> Could well, not. Yeah, today started at one. Typically, it's around two, somewhere around there. But today, uh, I had a couple days off, and I wanted to get caught up. You're acting super chill. Like two in the morning is a normal time it's, to go to work. It is the struggle of uh, being a journalist in the mornings. Like people mm-hmm. think, like, oh, it's like they have makeup people, they have hair people. It's like, nope, we do it all ourselves. It's a very do-it-yourself culture. Okay, so is it just because like in bigger environments and like bigger studios, it would probably yeah. be like they have makeup and whatever because they they have that luxury of, of finance? Yeah, I think it's also it's that and also kind of depends on where you're at. Like, okay. I, went, like I went to go uh, visit another news station in California. Like okay. I just went to just go get a tour of it, but they're part of our, our network. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of like cousins. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, your operation is huge. Oh, you guys do have hair and makeup people here. But I went to another station in Oregon. They don't have any of that. But they still have, you know, multi-million dollar facility. They have all the bells and whistles. But nope, you're doing your hair and makeup on your own. So So what's your favorite makeup product? I hate makeup. I know you do. But you came here in makeup. So there has to be a product that Uh, you like. I I do use the Kat Von D brand. Really? Yeah. It's like one of the only cruelty-free brands that I'm like, okay, I'm just going to just stick to one thing. I'm going to stick with what works and just not deviate. I'm a creature of habit. So anything that throws off my my game a little bit, I overthink it. So I had a makeup person be like, okay, try this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, cool. Thumbs up, thumbs up, everything look good. Never going to change it. So I take <laughs> like, me, I'm going to learn and then I'm never going to I'm, change this routine. I'm never going to change this routine. I'm just, takes me 30 seconds to put on my makeup right before air. And I'm like, all right, cool. I would love to, to do, <laughs> I would love to see you do a TikTok because I know you do TikToks and reels, but I would yeah. love to see you do that one. Do a 30 second. It would be about 30 make, seconds completely. No, I would love to see like you and and the female anchor that you make fun yeah. of all the time. Um, because <laughs> yes. there is one if you guys have not checked out his uh, his socials. Yeah. He, um you Pauline have Instagram, is, correct? Yeah. yeah, I have Instagram, Facebook. My Instagram is is my personal one, okay. but I do put like a lot of my 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 work stuff on there. Okay. Just because it's I mean, I It's a part of your life. Yeah, I mean, it's part of my life. I mean, I do 12-hour shifts okay. pretty much here and there. And my co-anchor, Pauline, she's hilarious. Like, we came together 
so fast. Mm. She's hilarious. She's probably one of the funniest people I've ever worked with. Every time I watch y'all's yeah. videos, it's like the little, it's a little spark in my day. Yes. Like I love to see what it is you're going to try to do next yeah. and what the back and forth is. Cause she does, she, she can take a good joke, yes. but she can also give a good oh joke. And I've seen her give yeah. rib you pretty bad. <laughs> Behind like, the scenes. Yes. It's, it's like a thousand times worse. Oh like my we, God. We have a very much like a brother sister, okay. like dynamic. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we just, we get along great. I, I adore her. She's probably one of the, my favorite people I've ever worked with in my entire life. And I've been doing this for almost 10 years now. Wow. Like that. Yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is you've been doing news for 10 years and I've been doing music for almost 10 years. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. So yeah. when you graduated college, was this just your focus? Yeah, it was a hundred percent this. Uh, so when I got out of the Navy, they paid my college completely. Mm -hmm. Uh, they paid my GI bill and they were like, Hey, look, just want to let you know your GI bills coming to an end. You have to graduate here. You only have three years. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I'll just go with communications. Mm -hmm. And it took a bunch of internships in, in journalism, uh, like a radio station at a TV station. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do news. I enjoy it. I enjoy like the, the do it yourself culture behind it. Um, and then just like, to me growing up here in the Valley, I feel like every single like little milestone in my life led me to where I'm at today. So like going to college and just learning how to do everything because I was already getting such a late start. Mm. I was like, I have to go in this 110% every single day or I'm just going to just be continuously behind the curve. Mm. And as okay. soon as I had an opportunity to get into news, hit the ground running. Never looked back. There was never a plan B. There was never, oh, well, I can try this after a couple of years. Like, no, it's been 110%. Like, how can I be the best journalist I can possibly be and set a standard in my own head and just stick to that. Was this your your first and only market? Has this been your first and only market? So I started at Action 4 News with Marcy uh, and Ryan Wolf. Oh my um, God. <laughs> like, yeah, back in the day. Back in, that's, that yeah. is, uh, that's dating you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's dating you. And, and, and I, they took me straight out of school and they showed me the ropes in probably the most efficient way possible. After that, my wife and I, we moved up to Austin. Uh, I was there for about a year and a half. And then 2016 came around and I was like, she got a job back here in the Valley. And I was like, all right, let's, let's go, let's go back home. And I'm just going to just hit the ground running on air because I was doing all the behind the scenes stuff. So if I'm getting the timeline right, when you yeah. left and you went to Austin, were you doing freelance or were you just no, I was still doing stuff for them, but just Remote. No, no, no. So I uh, I went to another news station in Austin. Okay. Uh, Time Warner Cable News. It's a 24-hour news station. And then my wife got a job down here and she was like, all right, we got to move back to the Valley. I'm like, all right, that's cool. I'll figure this out. <laughs> I'll figure it out. And uh, I put in a couple job applications to some news stations and Local 23 News hired me. And they're like, look, you don't have any on-air experience, paid on-air experience. You mm -hmm. have internships and everything else and your reel looks fine. Just do whatever you think is best and we'll work with you. Okay. So my news director gave me pretty much like the best advice ever. He's like, don't get shot. Don't get stabbed. Don't get sued. 
and you will be successful in journalism. Yo, <laughs> why? Why is that? I'm very that much. Fe- <laughs> that feels like such a such a very interesting job advice. I, I'm very much paraphrasing him, but he's one of those. But still, that's, there's yeah. a reason you're paraphrasing it that yes. way, and and I'm curious. I know that I, I've read it. I'm just hyper aware of yeah. safety, just for my own personal experiences. But journalism is not an easy job. No, not at all. I think, especially now. But I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish what you're going to say. No, just that. That was literally yeah. the end of my thought. It's it's definitely. I firmly believe that. Okay, so our our job and our responsibility is to to check power. Like, okay, the, we're the checks and balances. Mm-hmm. We also have to be checked and balanced as well. Okay. Like, and I think social media lends a somewhat healthier role to that. If, I mean, I know there's a whole lot of like, don't trust the media, things like that. But it's like, you can raise questions, but don't just like come up with conspiracy theories. About yeah, it. I was like, I was just about to say. Like, we're the same people who live in your community. Mm-hmm. Like, we're part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, I could never go to a place and just be like, I'm just going to just make all of this up mm-hmm. and throw my entire career down the down Tubes. the toilet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's very, very important to be accurate. I'd rather be right and last than first and wrong. And do you feel that that's a philosophy. unique thought process now in this day and age is journalism? Because it, it yeah. just, it's unfortunate, but it yeah. just feels like the tide did turn over the last 10 years yeah. where versus being slow and, and just yeah. making sure you have your ducks in a row, even if it's like between you and CNN and yeah, yeah CNN puts it out first, but you yeah. put out, put it out later and then CNN has to make their correction, obviously. Yeah. I think it's just, maybe it's an old school standard that I hold myself to. Mm-hmm. And that's something that like, I, I mentor a lot of like younger reporters. And it's like, it's not about Facebook. It's not about being first. It's about being right. Because the last thing you want to do is have an, a situation to where you completely butchered something and you went and you put your credibility in jeopardy. It's an industry where credibility counts. Any day of the week, you could lose that. So why, why change the system? Like yeah. why change your own operating? Why hold yourself to a dis- different standard on a Tuesday because you didn't feel like it? <laughs> It's just, well, like that's just, that's just something that I've never. What about Friday? Tried. Fridays are different. <laughs> Fridays, Fridays are half days. No, um. <laughs> like Friday, you can you can hold yourself to a different standard on a Friday. Yeah, on a, maybe on a Friday. Well, uh, something that mm. I, I've always just admired you so much for, especially due to my recent issues, has been just how open you've been about your sobriety yeah. and, and and addiction journey, and. It's it's been interesting for me because I, I'm not in, in a an addiction state, but I'm in a sobriety state mm-hmm. just because my physical health requires me to. Yeah. Um, I cannot drink anymore at Good. all. I mean, well, not not <laughs> I mean, maybe different circumstances, but <laughs> yes, different uh, yeah. circumstances. Yeah. But I noticed, and it's something I, I really wanted to pick your brain about because it's something that I think you would. I, I wanted to talk to somebody about mm-hmm. it, but it was you that I wanted to talk to about. I'm here for it. That. Everything, once I removed alcohol, I realized how much more difficult it was Mm -hmm. for me to go out into social situations. And it's not social anxiety. It's straight up that I'm realizing the only way I related to people Mm -hmm. was the way they wanted me to relate because I'm not, I wasn't somebody, and I still am not somebody that drinks very much. It was literally like one drink and that would absolutely 
floor me. Wow. Like, always. It was, uh, that's always that's been a, a thing. Date. <laughs> I literally I have been told that. I don't know how many times I, I'm sure the comments, all my friends can attest. I am the one drink person, quite literally. Yeah. If I go to the second, and this is kind of an interesting thing to, to add to this story is that it would taste like rubbing alcohol. Ooh. Like my like I my my taste buds would not yeah. register it as a drink anymore. Once I got yeah. to the second drink, it would literally taste like rubbing alcohol. That's rough. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's I, terrible. It, so think about that, and then the fact that now I just can't do it at all, yeah. and I'm like, okay, I'm not super missing out on anything, right. but at the same token, the social conditioning right. that I've been under. I was just, it was difficult. Yeah. And I think for me, it, I think what was difficult for me, it was that I didn't have a lot to like offer when I was younger. Like I wasn't good in sports, so I wasn't a jock. I wasn't very good in school, so I wasn't like, like I wasn't like a nerd. Basically, in order for me to have a social life, I had to be the fun party guy. And then that's kind of why I was like, kind of like a, a little bit of like a chameleon. I can kind of float around different groups but then once I graduated from high school, I was like, okay, what am I doing now? And then I went to the Navy mm-hmm. and that kind of same thing. I was floating around different groups. Like I had, I had, you know, different friends of different cultures, ethnicities, and that's all we did. Like we socialized at the bar. So it really was just an extension of my adolescent years. And then once I got to college, that's when I recognized like, I'm like, all right, dude, you have a problem. What you, was the moment? My absolute rock bottom moment Mm -hmm. was I was working at uh, the college radio station. And that's when that was my first introduction of like, okay, here's a goal. Like, let's do it. Like, let's, you're going to be in broadcasting. We had this festival that we worked all year on to, to kind of put together so many of us. We like, we really, really worked really hard on it. And I got hammered drunk and I only remember bits and pieces of it. And at the time I was going through a really bad breakup. So it was just compounding things together and like missing home, bad breakup, just a lot of excuses for me not having control of my own behavior. Mm -hmm. And I remember waking up in the backseat of my car at the football stadium in the parking lot of the football stadium. I was about to say, say, wow, you really did that. You just (laughs) drove into the stadium. I drove into the stadium. Slept um, in the back of your car. She's <laughs> like, this was a, a movie. And 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 I remember waking up and looking at my reflection in the rearview mirror. And I was like, all right, dude. This you look is like it. shit. I was like, this is it. Like, this is that moment to where you can't get, you can't allow yourself to sink any lower. Because if you do, you're going to kill yourself or you're going to kill somebody else. Because you know that in order for you to physically be here in this spot, you drank and drove. And you know that that has killed friends of yours. Why did you fuck this up and do this to yourself? Mm-hmm. Don't do this again. And like, whenever I go to schools and I tell this to kids, they're like, damn, dude, like that's happened to me. I'm like, yeah, man. But how many times are you going to get lucky? Like how many times are you going to be fortunate? How oftentimes do you hear about other people and being a tragedy? It's not, man. It's not a tragedy. It's, it's an opportunity for you to kick yourself in the ass and say, all right, I got to get, get myself together. Mm-hmm. So that was, for me, that was it. And I remember it was a two day festival and that was night one. So day two, people were just looking at me and I could feel the shame and judgment. I felt, I felt ashamed of what I, what I may or may not have done, but I felt guilty that so many people were looking at me, like my family. And they're like, yeah, man, we're so proud of you, mijito. It's like, what are you proud of? How am I making you proud in this moment? 
And in that, and in that moment, it's like, I just like, damn, you got to get your shit together, bro. People are proud of you, but you're full of shit. And that's when it was like, all right, that's it. Just dedicated everything to creating a better future for myself. And like 11 years later, I like to think that I've done okay. But I ask myself sometimes, like, had you had done this a year ago? Had you focused in high school? Had you focused when you were in the Navy? What kind of different success would you have today? But do you feel like that's almost like an, an inner dialogue? I tend to call it imposter syndrome, but it's not. It's something else. It's, it's almost like an inner dialogue with the negative version of yourself yeah. that just really likes to to kick you when you're down. Like if you're in that space, because well, I've had that happen to me. Yeah. But like if you're not kicking yourself when you're down, who are you letting dictate your life? It's almost like it's, I, I made the, uh, the analogy once that it's kind of like the, uh, the guardrails, you know, when you go bowling, it's like, you're giving yourself an opportunity to just like bounce yourself off of your own guardrails. You're keeping yourself in check. And if you're not keeping yourself in check, what are you doing? So there's a lot of self-control that goes into my everyday life. Self-control for work, self-control for like my, my, my diet, my workout routine, just my sobriety and just everything else. Like it just, I'm a very intense guy. Uh, okay. Okay. So I'm a very intense person intense like that. Man. <laughs> I'm a very intense person like that, but I like to think that I have a lot of wasted years that I have to make up for. And when I can let my guard down, I'll let my guard down. When they told me I couldn't drink anymore, I think a part of me was, and kind of still is, fights with it because of that social construct. And because I just have a very weird, not a weird, I have a relationship with the food and the drink that I ingest and it makes me feel good. And, you know, the things that I eat, whatever, whatnot. But There's definitely something wrong with someone when they're okay with dying. (laughs) What? Oh yeah. No, no, no. Because it's, it's more that alcohol is a poison. You, you can try to, to, to fluff it up as Mm -hmm. much as you want. Um, but at the end, like I said, I have amazing friends who are bartenders and, and, you know, who work in, in the service industry who drink and there's nothing against what they do. And there's nothing against the item itself. Yeah. It's just me saying, I completely acknowledge that this is not good for me and good for my body to the point that different organs have shut down. Wow. And that I I went so far, I didn't realize what the culprit was. Right. Or I knew what it was, but I chose not to acknowledge it. Yeah. And it all started in between the second engagement and the third. Yeah. It was right around there. And I remember clearly that I couldn't cope with the... Uh, the thought process of being weak again. Yeah. And so I was like, well, what do I have control over? And that's numbing this, this pain. And because alcohol is a, is an amazing thing that, that numbs you to, to a good extent. Yeah. Then that's where I went. I went to the bottle. I would, I would drink. That's when I started drinking like full bottles of wine and I would have like two bottles Every other week. Wow. Well, <laughs> you go, wow. Well, I'm, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Cause I'm, I'm thinking about like how much I actually drank. Like I would drink like a lot. And this but, is what was funny. Then, it's, 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 it's all subjective. It is to the volume. That's the funny part. Not yeah. funny. haha. Just funny. And like, okay. Like yeah. just thinking about it <laughs> is that I was, and still am the one drink 
and done. Yeah. So me drinking a full bottle which of wine, which is about two glasses, maybe three, depending on glass. the size. That's a big no, glass. No, 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 no. That's a big glass. But yeah. usually, like the size is about two, maybe three glasses, or right. in a in a bottle, maybe four. It yeah. just depends. Right. But it's not a lot. But still, that's a lot of alcohol for somebody who doesn't process yeah. alcohol like a person, a, a, another person might. Yeah, so somebody with a different health condition. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And mind you, I was young and I didn't realize I had a health condition. Right. So this is like, I'm 22, 23. Yeah. And I just kept sinking further and further into it to where I had people in my life who would offer me a full bottle of Jameson and a full bottle of wine and I halved both and just... yeah. I was not like, that's where it's like, okay, girl, what, like you have a low tolerance. Right. Why are you trying to push it? Yeah. I make the joke now because it's, it's a funny joke to me, maybe not to other people <laughs> that I got 10 years of drinking because yeah. I didn't start drinking until I was 21. I say, wow, but <laughs> it's not really like a wow. Like that's pretty average for like a lot of other people. I would say probably North of the valley, which is pretty much everywhere, the rest of the U.S. Uh, but like anything it, north of the valley is everywhere in yeah, the U.S. Everywhere, no, everywhere is north of the valley. But like, I have friends who were in the military who were like, "Yeah, man, like it's my first port visit. I'm gonna have my first drink." And I'm like, "What a loser!" Like, I, I was like, "Dude, I was like, here's this baby picture of me with you know drinking." But I mean, it's just it's it's I completely understand where you're coming from with that, where it's like the the age, the tolerance, and the the how frequent you do it. So I think that that's why like now, like 11 years sober, like I have learned to navigate the world through those social environments. Cause I can still go to bars. Like I just went to, um, I just went to a bar this past weekend to celebrate my sobriety at a bar. So it's, what? but, but it's <laughs> so confusing, but like I can, but I feel comfortable enough to be around alcohol because okay. I know that it's not, there's honestly, there's no temptation that's there at all. Like I didn't even drink at my wedding. And people are like, you didn't drink at your wedding? Like, why wouldn't you? I'm like, well, why would I? If I knew that if my wife would have met me as an addict, I don't think she ever would have, have fallen in love with me because I didn't even love myself. So like, how could I be with the person when I didn't even want to be around myself? Like, I was just so ashamed of so much that it was just a course correction. So now it's like, there's no temptation that's there. It's almost like, no, it's just like anything else. It's like anything that you would never want to do in the first place. It's like, oh, I would love to, I don't know. It's anything. interesting because we like, you don't grow up with like a bottle of Jameson in your mouth. Right. So that's not, you don't, you don't, you're not born and there's alcohol immediately introduced into your system. At least yeah. that's the hope that you're right. not in that situation. Right. But that's not the norm. Yeah. And so it dawned on me how much I let myself hmm? because of my depression, because I hated how people had treated me and, and where I just didn't want to deal with it. Right. I didn't want to deal with it at all. And I just, I just went ahead and was like, okay, I'm going to drink. And mind you, I write about drinking. I write about, you know, the feeling of being drunk yeah. and, and those things. And that's not going to end because I'm a Tejano singer. So like right. yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a singer in a Latin genre. We're going to talk about drinking, but yes. I think something I consciously am making an effort of, right now while I'm writing for my, for my album yeah. because of this new experience is I'm writing a drinking song. That's an anti-drinking song. I can't wait to hear that. <laughs> I really do. I really do. Because like, I mean, we both grew up here in the Valley. Mm -hmm. We understand how much 
alcohol plays a role in every, like everything from quinceaneras, birthdays, weddings. I mean, it can be watching the Cowboys play. It's everywhere because it's so, it's so part of it. Like it's, it's just, it's everywhere from top to bottom. So I think like even now as like, I have this platform in news talking to younger, younger guys, uh, veterans, myself, like, yeah, guys, you do you don't need to do that all the time. Like it's okay. You can still socialize. Like you, you can still function. It's a crutch. Yeah. I, well, I think, yeah, honestly, I think for a lot of people who, a lot of people need that crutch because they don't have. They're awkward a, turtles. Yeah. It was like, they're they don't. They're socially awkward. Yeah. They're just like, uh. Yeah. It's like they're, it's, it's the, it's the confidence to go into a room and just be yourself. You know, as a Hispanic man mm-hmm. who doesn't really fit like the Hispanic mold of the nine five six. <laughs> I mean, I'm a straight edge. I mean, vegan. you do. I'm Here's a straight edge. Thing. I'm a straight edge vegan who doesn't speak Spanish. <laughs> like, how dare you? Now I'm upset. <laughs> how dare I end this interview now? <laughs> uh, and and like I, I get goofed on it a whole lot. Like, like, do you at least still eat beans? Yeah, I still eat beans, but I don't eat bacon. Like, I don't, I won't eat it if it has bacon in it. So you won't eat refried beans. If it's been fried in oil. Well, that's, it's refried, my friend. That it usually yeah, is yeah. either oil or bacon fat. Well, that's the whole thing. Like, I, like I'll ask, like, yo, did you put this in bacon fat? Like, is this in lard or is this in vegetable oil? They're like, oh, no, it's in vegetable oil. I'm like, okay. Right, cool. I'll take two orders, please. So how many places do you know that here in the Valley that do that? Uh, now I'm again, curious. Again, I'm total creature of habit. I go to like five spots and that's it. Okay. Um, well, what's one of them? Because now I'm curious. So there's a bunch of places here in the Valley that cater to, to like veganism. Okay. Uh, there's a guy that's named Pit Bosses. You have Veggie Del Sol. Uh, they have one spot on the island and they have the spot here in Brownsville that I love to go to. Um, I want, okay. This is just me saying I love cauliflower hot wings yeah. or like cauliflower wings. I was so sad when I got mine Where? because it was like, it was the one here and it just like, oh. it, it was like, <laughs> like it's, all the breading or whatever it was that was yeah. on it. I was like, why, why? But this is, so this is, this is where I always get people all the time. And like, I have these at work all the time. We mm-hmm. always have these very, very uh, spirited debates. I won't, call them <laughs> I won't call them arguments, but we have like these spirited debates where like, what is life without a spirited I, debate? I, 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 I like, I basically pick on all of my coworkers. They're like, they'll ask me like, oh, what are you eating today? I'm like, same thing I've been eating for the past, you know, 10 years, four months, you know, I'm, I'm on a, I'm on a pretty strict uh, meal plan okay. right now. They're like, my guys, it's the same thing I've been eating for the past four months. They're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, what do you got over there? Like chicken. I'm like, oh, mutilated corpse. All right, got it. And they're like, dude, you can't say stuff like that. Or they'll be like, I'm is that like, oh. the intense part of you? Is oh, that intense? Is that is that D? That, not Derek. That's just D. That is me totally playing into the stereotype that they expect nothing less of. Oh, uh, of okay. Like the militant, the militant <laughs> vegan person in the room, or like, oh, what you got over there? Like, oh, I have eggs. And I'm like, oh, okay, so you have chicken, uh, chicken menstruation. All right, got it. What the and- fuck? <laughs> And like, I, I mean, my producer would love. <laughs> now you've given my producer absolute ammo to, to literally tell me things when we go I, on the road. Thank you. I do it all the time. We go to Chick Fil A, uh, and like, I'll, I'll because like it's part of like our like our little social uh, escape from work and everything. So like, me and all the other co-anchors, 
and some Why of the Chick-fil-A? other talents. Well, like we go to different spots. So okay. like in Harlingen, we'll go to Target to go to Starbucks and then we'll go across <laughs> the street to pick them up breakfast. Okay. And they'll be like, yeah, can I get the- uh, The egg uh, bites or something? The, uh, the, the chicken and egg biscuit. Okay. I'm like, oh, okay. You'll get the family reunion on a biscuit. And they're like, dude, <laughs> what's wrong with you? And I'm dead. <laughs> what the hell? And since I'm driving, I'm the one who's placing the order for them. So I'll come up to the window. They're like, welcome to Chick-fil-A. How may I serve you? I'm like, uh, can I get the family reunion on a biscuit? And they're like, excuse me? Uh, Yo, chicken and- do not do that to the poor Chick-fil-A people. I, they do I, not know. Hey, you know, they... <laughs> You're mean. You're mean to the Chick-fil-A people, Derek. Climate change. <laughs> I mean, see again. This is this is this is the this is the Derek behind the scenes that a lot of people don't get. That's to see. D. But, <laughs> I, but call, I call that Derek D. Now I appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the other fun side to me. That's the intense comical side to where like I think I think slowly but surely I'm I'm converting them, but. I don't know if you are. I think you're just giving people ammo to just be absolutely silly. But that, it's funny. Yes. I would die laughing and then possibly still eat the chicken. It's that good old-fashioned Catholic guilt that I put on every every meal. Oh, so that's what you're doing. You're doing veganism, but Catholic guilt version. absolutely. The Catholic guilt version of veganism. Um, That's the uh, the fun side of it. But I mean, mean, that's a whole other side to me that's... uh, I, I don't think a lot of people are prepared <laughs> for. I distinctly remember upsetting somebody. Uh, oh no! I, 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 yeah, I did say something on air that did upset somebody, and I was like, you know what? If you'd like to, we can we can talk about this offline. Like, so wait, that. you did it on air? Yeah, I mean, I get paid to talk. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you get paid to talk, but I guess I'm. What do you recall at all? What it was that you said? Um, what was it, what was the 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 zinger in that one? It was something like, because here's the whole thing: is that when they ask us, like, "Hey, look, put your two cents in there," I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna put my two cents in there," but not everyone buys my two cents. Like, I do my own thing. Like, I'm not going to be. You're not the PC two cents. Yeah. Well, I get, I mean, PC or not, like if we're doing a story, right. For uh-huh. example, like hypothetical, this is a totally hy- made up situation. You know, the this whole, is made up. This is not a real situation. This is not real. This, this, this is made up yes. for your entertainment. This is a fictional scenario. If we were to be doing a story <laughs> on like the, uh, the ch- somebody breaking the world record for hot dog eating, I would be like, yeah, so-and-so ate 10,000 hot dogs. That's disgusting. I would never do that. And okay. I'll, and like I would I would say that on air. Like and then somebody would be like, "Oh, why is that disgusting?" I'm like, "Oh, because yeah, in hot dogs, they you're allowed to have hair and hoof and pus in there." Okay. And I'm like, "Oh my god, that's disgusting." So, that's 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 where I come into play like the Derek, the D. The D. I name I name your persona that only because I have an aggressive um, version of myself. Oh yeah. Yes, and her name is V. Oh okay, there you go. And it comes out a few times. I've started to kind of embrace the persona just mm-hmm. because I do not like it when people call me V. I find that okay. to be a big sign of disrespect because I have a beautiful name. Yes. Um, you know, Veronique is a great name. I'm. 
It's like, I'm sorry that you can't say it. I'm sure you can say other really difficult words. I feel like it's an excuse to not say my name. But I've had people call me V. And so I embraced the name. Right. Because I I feel like there's something very strong about it. Mm -hmm. Um, It relates very much to V for Vendetta, which is one of my favorite comic books. Great movie. Great comic book. Mm -hmm. But at the same token, I have uh, online created that as a very aggressive persona. And I'm yes. like, if you want V, you're going to get V and she's going to be aggressive and yeah. she's going to tell you how she feels. If you want Veronique, which is the cute, the Hano singer that like twirls around in the very <laughs> shiny skirt and, and you know, watermelon and all these other little bright colors, yeah. then you're going to get that. But there is an aggressive side of me and, and I kind of... Partition that because I don't think people understand that th- there is a person. Yeah. There is a person who is complex, and, and that's kind of nice. And all jokes aside, it's great to have people who are real. That yeah. that at the end of the day, you know, you are very, you're committed to veganism, and you're yeah. committed to your sobriety, and you're committed mm-hmm. to who you are as a person, as intense as you are. At the end of the day, that's better than people pretending to be someone they're not and then eventually yeah. just crumbling because they cannot keep that up. Right. And I think that that's, you know, going back to what we had talked about earlier about me being like a social chameleon and kind of mm-hmm. just like floating around at different places. I was floating around at all those different places trying to find friends at the expense of the idea of who I wanted to be as a person. So I think that's maybe part of the reason why I am so hell-bent on just being myself no matter the scenario because I spent so long of my life not knowing how to be myself. What you see is what you get. And oftentimes it's a lot. So <laughs> what do you, you're in a relationship, you're in the public eye mm-hmm. um, a lot. Yes. I mean, every day. Yep. And has there ever been within, you know, the, the long time that you've been married, any growing pains to that? With like my, with, with my spouse, with my wife? Yes. Uh, there have been some times where, you know, uh, there's been some, some stories that I've done before to where there's been like, I have taken a step back and been like, yo, I I feel a little unsafe at this moment. If I weren't married, it'd be a different story. I'd be like balls to the wall, like, let's go. But I have to, you know, we live in a crazy world and people can do anything. So I do try to just keep that into consideration. Okay. Uh, but my wife, she's, my wife is cool. She was in news also for a period of time. She got out. But she knows why I love it. So she's very much is a, okay, I know. It's just you. <laughs> this is this is just who you are. Like, it's it, I knew what I got myself into when I married you. Mm. I'm like, thanks for being supportive. <laughs> Thank I, you. I appreciate that. Thank you for better, for worse, for crazy <laughs> ass, everything. So, yeah, she's, a, she's awesome. I, I love her to death. She's probably like, actually, yeah. No, she's like totally out of my league. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, good. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad she's, she's cool. out of your league. Yeah. I, I like to think like <laughs> I swung for the fence and uh, Yay. landed her. She's awesome. She's very cool. Hi, honey. I don't know which camera. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which camera, but hello. <laughs> but yeah, she's awesome. And so, so now getting on to um, more lighter fare. Sure. Um, what is something that people do not know about you? Something that's, that you would like to share that is kind of like the secret, the secret to Derek. So- Probably something that not a lot of people know about me is that um, I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm like I'm pretty upfront with like a lot of different things because I because I'm so out there in the public. Mm-hmm. You just got to just live your truth. Like you can't have like 
a thousand skeletons in the closet. Oh, I, mean, I have you, like a million. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> God forbid. Uh, uh, they come out and they dance. They're an yeah. absolute dance team. Um, well, at least they're good dancers. Yeah, they were. They were part of the dance macabre. You know, they they got to rotoscope nice. for that. It was great. Very cool. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't think my skeletons. I think maybe have like one or two. Okay, um, but that's just because like I've I've tried very very hard to just like live like the world is watching you. I don't want to live like the Truman <laughs> Show, sir. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> I mean it's a good way to keep you in check. No. Yeah. I want to. I would like. So I think that's kind of where I I draw the line. Yeah. Um. My private life. I after a bit of time, mm-hmm. I realized that my private life is my private life. I've yeah. I've been engaged too many times, mm-hmm. and I don't want people to remember the people I was engaged to. Right. And I think that's kind of where um, after the first one, I I became more and more private as yeah. it as it went on, as my as my hmm. career and as my life went on, because I. And yes, I recently was on a dating show. Yes, y'all can laugh at me for mm-hmm. saying I want to be private and I go on a dating show on, hey. on national TV. But actually, it was international TV because it was on Univision. Looking for love. <laughs> Looking for love in all the wrong TV shows. <laughs> well, I realized quite quickly when I went yeah. that I was no longer into the guys that I used to be into. Okay. I, was, I had a moment. I had a lapse in judgment. And then I yeah. came home. But... I just realized how how much I didn't really need people to tell me uh, yeah. what I was doing. Um, anything socially that I do, anything that um, that I put myself to support, like causes and stuff like that. Yeah. I try to be super careful. Mm. Those are things I'm super careful about before I go, oh, hey, I'm going to be, um, you know, supporting abortion rights or I'm going right. to be supporting uh, legalization, uh, you know, um, those things. Like like the, the list is long, right. but it's just... What am I going to put my support behind? And I'm super careful before yeah. I post something for that particular reason. Right. And that's where I'm like, oh yeah, like, mm. like, okay. like yeah. no. I think I can see, I can, I can definitely understand that because people want too much. Yeah. I, so privately, I, I argue everything just because that's the nature of like my industry. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if I'm for it or against it. I still have to argue the other side. Okay. Or at least I have to be able to check the other side. Mm-hmm. Uh, at all times. So privately, I mean, I'm a pretty simple guy. I have a very, very small circle. Yeah. I mean, what you see is what you get. It's pretty much, I think maybe one thing that a lot of people kind of catches them off guard is so like how many tattoos I have. Yes. So like, so see, I, that's something that's, that people don't know because you're literally wearing a suit that yeah, shows none of your arms. Like I have a full sleeve tattoo and like a lot of people, they're like, oh, I didn't know you can be on TV with sleeve tattoos. And like whenever I go to like career day and stuff like that, and like I talk to the kids, I'm like, guys, like, don't worry about it. Just as long as you're good at your, as, as long as you're good at whatever you want to do, it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter how you feel. Just be good at whatever you want to do. What I'm curious about is, is would you want to be adding more tattoos? Oh, I did. Oh, you I, did? Yeah, yeah, I totally am. I was actually going to get tattooed this past weekend. Um, but I was like, oh man, but if I get a tattoo, I can't go to the beach. Oh yeah. So I was like, I was like, all right, I'll put this on hold. Like, I w- I really want to go to the beach this weekend. The weather was great. I was like, I'll put it on hold for a little bit of time. Like, I know I'm gonna get it. It was a sobriety tattoo. Okay. So it's like, so you get one every every year? No. Um, I waited until my 10 year mark. Okay. To get my my sobriety day tattooed. Okay. That one was really really important to me. And then my wife and I we went on a family vacation, like a kind of like a family reunion to kind of meet up. Mm-hmm. And we all got really really terrible. They got really terrible tattoos. I like it. <laughs> 
I like my tattoo. What um, was your tattoo? It's a it's a small like little candle. Oh. And we all got like little matching ones. It's like it's super small. It's like like literally about like an inch. Okay. But they all put it in bad spots, and mine is right behind my arm. So like we're showing it off, and they're like, "Oh no, mine's terrible." I'm like, "Guys, it's fine. It's it's a it's a small tattoo. It's like it took five minutes." We're all okay. I have no bravery to get a <laughs> tattoo. I've thought about it, but I love the artwork. I just don't want it on my body. Mm. Um, yeah. I have seriously considered like doing inkbox because oh, yeah. because it's like temporary yeah. and I can have the feeling of it, but not actually commit to yeah, an entire I would, session. I would highly suggest anyone, if you want to get a tattoo, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from somebody who has a lot of tattoos. I was tattoos, about to say, tattoos. did you have like, what, two sleeves or just one? Uh, just one sleeve. I would probably do my full back before I do another sleeve. What do you have on your back now? Nothing. Nothing? nothing? It's a, if there's an artist out there who wants to what, have just like put a sugar launch, skull on your back? I don't know. I, I, I'm a huge fan. It's actually not a sugar skull, but I would love to have like a luchador mask on my back. Well. Um, but something cool. Like something like. Just. Luchador mask with flames coming out of the eyes. I don't know. I don't. There's like. And a there's, snake. There's really like no wrong way to do it. Uh, it's just, just do it. Okay. Um, so you heard yeah. that here, tattoo artist. If you want to just tattoo like a full luchador mask on his, uh, luchador mask on his back. Yeah. You you got to just send it to him on his Instagram. <laughs> I wanted to do, I wanted to do a luchador mask of my dog uh, who passed away. Who was like. Who was like my anchor in my sobriety journey? Uh, he was like the he. I got him like right when I started getting sober, and he's like the he was like my he was my boy. Uh, he passed away a few years ago. It's weird. Like I tell people all the time, like when you get sober, you realize who your real friends are. Yes. And he was like my best friend because he listened to me and he yeah. He, I mean he's a dog. Like he he's showed chill. me yeah he showed me the unconditional love that I needed in my life, not because I needed a shoulder to cry on. But just that companionship that was there. Like, mm-hmm. I owe so much to that little dude. Um, little dude. Yeah, and he and he's the best, so. We pour one out for you, i.e. a bottle of water. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Love you. My Preston. He's my boy. <laughs> yeah. And now we have two cats and a dog. And I see those cool. videos from time to time. That stuff makes me die laughing. Yes. They are the, my pride and joy. I absolutely <laughs> love them so much. Like, my mom's been, like, waiting for us to have kids. And I'm like, Mom, like... You have a dog and two cats, like babysit them. So, but no. <laughs> you know what? And that, and that's kind of one of those things that at least frustrates me at this point, at this yeah. point in my life is that a lot of the, it's again, a societal construct. Yeah. Like you all want me to have kids, but there is absolutely no way that I want one, but you are determined to ask me every so often yeah. if I'm going to have one, like my uterus is <laughs> yours to have the discussion about yes. or for men. You know, my penis, like, like nobody, like nobody should tell you what to do with your penis or your vagina, period. And asking somebody when they're going to have children, like you don't know whether they've had a miscarriage. You don't know if they've tried and, and they just, it didn't work out. Like for me, I think that is one of those questions you don't ask. Like you don't ask someone if they're pregnant and you don't ask someone when they're having kids. I think one thing that maybe this, this is maybe a generational thing. A good question to ask your younger family members is, are you happy before, when are you going to have kids? Like, are you happy? Are you satisfied? Are you financially? Yeah. Like, are you financially literate? I'm I'm financially illiterate. I, (laughs) 
I'll tell you this much. I, I suck with money I'm just until kidding, like maybe. <laughs> I have an know. accountant. That's all I have to say. Oh, okay. Well, I that's... have an accountant. <laughs> okay. You have an accountant. That basically means that you're doing okay. <laughs> okay. I'm like, hi, accountant. I don't, I don't, I know, a, I don't, I don't know a single person who's struggling who's like, I got an accountant. And then, like, no, it's like, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm struggle busting it, but it's all good. No, I'm no, just kidding. You're fine. But um, I, I think that's kind of one of those, those, for sure, one of those things that it's just like, Bro, stop doing your own taxes on TurboTax. You might yeah. be, you might be, you might be messing something up. You might be missing something, yeah. especially for entrepreneurs, especially for people who yeah. work for themselves. Absolutely, and I think more people do need to just bet on themselves. I mean, like, there's so much that you can do in life if you just believe in yourself. And if you don't believe in yourself, invest in yourself. Try, try that out. I mean, this is where I put in my Uncle Derek like hat. Oh, so there's three personas. <laughs> there's to you. a whole lot of there's personas. Derek, there's Uncle Derek, and yeah. there's D. <laughs> yes. uh, Uncle Derek is oftentimes comes out at work to okay. where it's just like, look, you have got to put a little bit of faith in yourself mm-hmm. because you as a person are only holding yourself back. Mm-hmm. So let's let's just figure out a plan and yeah. get yourself to where you want to be. It doesn't need to be like I'm gonna be, you know, the CEO of a multi-billion dollar corporation. Like, come on, be realistic. You can't do that in a month. Give yourself some some space. Learn from people. Find your circle. Work with that. Be where you want to be by being around those who you want to admire. Things like that. You know that little emoji of the wallet with the wings on it just flying away? Well, that's me right now. I'm the advertiser. This is an ad for me, Veronique Medrano. Go listen to my music. I have a bunch of it. This isn't a joke. Go listen to my music on your favorite streaming platform. New songs out now are Malojo featuring El Dusty and DJ Kane and Mezcal Maria featuring Beatriz Gonzalez. Or if you're in the holiday mood, check out Ya Viene Navidad and Peces en el Rio while you drink that extra glass of ponche that will give you cruda tomorrow. Or you can buy a physical CD. Are those still a thing? Okay, I'm being told they are. So go to my website, veroniquemedrano.com, to go get one now. And listen to it at your mom's house, because I'm sure she has a CD player. This has been your paid ad read. What was the worst mistake Mm. that you made or something that just you go, my God, why did I do that when you were first starting out? In news? Yes. Uh, Or in the military. Like, what is the one thing you're like, oh, my God, why did I do that? Why? Probably get tattoos. <laughs> uh, do you, no, do you wish that you did? No, not at all. Not at all. Okay. I, 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 uh, you love them. I love them. I, I don't think I'll, I don't think I'd ever remove them. Somebody asked me, they're like, well, would you ever remove them? I was like, no, why would I do that? That's so dumb. It's so, would you retouch them? Oh, I already have. Okay. So yeah. I started, I started them? when I was 18, uh, and I'm going to be 36. So I've gotten my stuff like, stop avoiding them. my question D. <laughs> What is the thing that oh, you the, uh, did oh, the, okay. that, you, that you went, okay, I uh, do not, I'm not cool with that. Why yeah, did I do that? Probably in news, wide ties. Wide ties? Yeah. Like I looked at my like aesthetics and I was like, man, why am I wearing a wide tie? I look dumb. <laughs> like I'm, I want to see, you need to send me a photo. Oh no, no, no. I know. Ne- like I never wore it on air. I never wore. I just want to see a photo of you in a white tie versus you in a regular like yes. thin tie. You're like yeah, to, like, to to let the audience decide. Yeah, if that like, was I, bad. I I felt like I looked like Bozo the Clown, <gasps> and I was like, damn, I'm glad I never wore that on TV because that'd be a struggle. 
I'm very self-conscious, not self-conscious. I'm very, yes. I'm very cognizant of the on-air appearance of, of broadcasting. I mean, we're somewhat in the same industry. Like you, we know how vain it can be. You have to kind of like hold a mirror to yourself and just be like, and whatever I'm in, do I feel confident in it? And if I didn't have it on, would I still have that same level of confidence? I felt super confident in an outfit I wore quite recently. Yeah. And then someone took a photo, tagged me to it, and I absolutely crumpled inside because I looked four months pregnant. And I absolutely was just beside myself and went, you know what? No, I do not feel good about the choice. Of course, everyone else was telling me that like yeah. uh, certain parts of the wardrobe was were not cooperating, and they were noticing it a few times. Mm. But it's just like I'm in the moment and I'm performing. Like I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna be like picking up a part of my outfit unless like my whole ass is showing. Then yes, of course, like I'm gonna pick it up. But otherwise, no. Like I'm going to to try to be a, as as put together as right. possible, but like sometimes it's hard. It's hard to do both, and then you forget lyric and all this yeah. stuff. So yeah, I completely understand. I'm it's, sure some it's self-consciousness. people. I'm sure some people would 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 be like, "Oh wait, ass hanging out. Let's do it." Let's, <laughs> uh, I mean, yes. I but, the but DM, yes. <laughs> So the DMs we get. Uh, what is the most saucy DM that you've ever received? Um, that you feel comfortable <clears throat> sharing. <laughs> no, I mean, well, I mean, this, so I feel like more journalists are coming out and it just, just people in general mm-hmm. of just like the, the type of messages that they get that are just so forward or just so just, ah, dude, just like just dirty kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. There was one time I was, uh, I was, I was hit on pretty aggressively and I was like, I don't know if this is a real person or not, but I'm going to block them because they are not here for my journalistic integrity. Mm-hmm. Or my personal, you know, well-being. And I'm a firm believer that if somebody is not not necessarily supportive of you, mm-hmm. because uh, I I don't do my job for the support of people. I do it. It's a responsibility. But like, if you're there, being like, "What's up? Like, let's go out sometime." I'm like, "Dude, no. Like, I'm a journalist. I'm a professional. This is my professional page. It doesn't matter who you are." instant block. I just, no, it's not, that's not what I'm here. That's not what I'm here for. And that's not what I'm putting out there, out there to be received or like reviewed like that. So you're not a piece of meat. I'm not a piece of meat. He's vegan. He's not a piece of meat. I'm a piece of of tofu. tofu. Yeah. Ah! There we go. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I mean, mean, that should be a shirt. (laughs) I'm a a piece of tofu. (laughs) Telling you right now, I'd buy it. I'd buy it. I'm just gonna make it <clears throat> and then give you the first, I'll, first I, one. I'll, t- I'll definitely buy it. Um, what is something that you've always wanted to try that, ha- and you've been scared to try it? This could be a physical activity. This could be I don't know bungee jumping. I don't know. What's ooh. something you've always wanted to try that you still have not tried yet because you have a lot of you have a lot of nope in your brain going no, oh, don't do that. Uh, definitely bungee jumping. <gasps> I would skydive before I bungee jump. What? Yeah. I feel like one of them's 10 times more dangerous than the other. Well, see, that's the whole thing is that bungee jumping, I feel like you could be injured, very seriously injured. But if you skydive, you just die. It's game over. Like, it's okay. <laughs> and then, like, I could imagine that be like on the news. <laughs> <laughs> Derek reporting on Derek. <laughs> no, it'd be like somebody being like, 
local news anchor is ha- now provi- much. provides instant regret. <laughs> huh? Fresh Prince. <laughs> oh yeah, Fresh Prince. Oh that that episode of Fresh Prince where um where oh my God Banks uh, Hillary Hillary's fiance yeah. decides to to ask her to marry him oh on on the bungee jump it's just like will you boom and then they're like well like what will I what <laughs> and then everybody's like turn off the TV slowly back away that's hilarious. You don't want one of those. No, not at all. I mean, I just, I think bungee jumping just scares me. I used to be able to do roller coasters. I don't think I can do them anymore. Like I said, with my current health stuff, like certain yeah. things have been removed. So my, um, certain like certain things like that happens a lot easier now. And um, I try to think of something that legit scares me. I seriously think I'm the, the bungee jumping, yeah. skydiving, Anything with heights now, I think, is just Ooh. a no-go. Actually. I have a skateboard. I, I have a skateboard in this house that I still have not used because um, a friend of mine literally started skating mm-hmm. in a week. Like, within the week, they were skating and whatever, and they were doing okay, and they broke their arm. Oof. And I'm like, yo, I still want to skate, but I'm not ready for that level of commitment <laughs> No. I think... He yeah. fell wrong. They, they, they absolutely fell uh, wrong. Yeah. No, I no, think, no. I straight think, up. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Pretty sure, I'm pretty they sure like, he did. They were like, Wee. oh no way. Uh, for sure, though, one thing I definitely would never do again is scuba diving. <gasps> I never do that Why? again. I just, I'm petrified of deep water. I think it goes back to like my my fear of like my dad dying because my dad was a professional, like he was a commercial fisherman growing up. So, like, I always had that fear of my dad drowning. So, like, I went scuba diving one time and totally had a panic attack. The second I jumped into the water and I saw how deep it was, I was like, that's a nope. <laughs> Ripped my mask off. <gasps> no. Started sinking. And oh, then, no shit. And like I started freaking out. So then finally when I struggled my way back up to the boat, the part of the boat where people like jump off of cracked me right in the head. And, and this was this was this was during spring break. Uh, several, I mean, this was like more than ten years ago. This has probably been fourteen years ago now. And I was like, "Yep, yeah, nope, that's a big nope. Never doing that again. Never would I ever." I would do this again, but it was definitely scary when I did it. I definitely was not. I had not practiced before going out there and doing that, which also probably made it even worse. But I was out fishing with some friends. We were all the way past the last, like, past the last um, beach access. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so it's out there. It's it's, yeah, yeah. it's at Nude Beach. No, so no. it's in that little area. If you know, you know. There's an area out here if that is know, not. You know. If you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Nude Beach for a raisin. Raisin. If you know that joke, then about that area, then you really know. But anyway, we had gone all the way out there. They were deep sea shore fishing mm. in a sense. Yeah, yeah. So somebody would get on the little kayak and they would go out with meat and chum attached like because they have the hook. Yeah. So right, it's, right. it's all set up, but it's on the boat. Yeah. And you're paddling up a good ways and then you have to drop it and then you have to paddle back. Yeah. So they had been doing this throughout the day because they had been wrangling with this one shark or big fish. I don't know what it was a little shark. Yeah. But they were wrangling with it for most of the day. So the shark was getting well fed that whole dang day until it got pulled up. And so <laughs> I had decided, well, you know what? I want to have my Pocahontas moment. 
don't ask why I went there. I just wanted the moment. And so it's <laughs> like, oh, I really, really wanted to to get on it and, yeah. and experience that. And so I do. And it's after the first sandbar uh, for that particular area, because the sandbars are different as mm-hmm. you go through, at least from the way I take it. And I make it past the first sandbar still with this bunch of bloody fish parts on this boat that I am paddling into deeper water. I love how Derek's laughing at me as I keep telling this story, like, girl, you crazy. And I kept going, and then it was quiet. That's baby shark coming. <laughs> it was... <laughs> there was no baby shark, and it did not come for me. Um, it was dead quiet, and I, I dropped the, the line, mm-hmm. and I'm already making my way back. But I'm having a bit of a hard time. Yeah. Once again, I'm not trained. I just went out and did this because we were all out there. And I had this, like, this sinking feeling in the pit of my butt that I might have made a bad decision because I had gone all the way out there Mm -hmm. and it's just dead silent. So I've already passed the line. Like, I'm nowhere near the fishing line, but I'm trying to make my way back and it is a lot more difficult going back in mm. than it was going out. Okay. And so it was the silence that got me. Yeah. More so than anything else. It wasn't so much being that far out. It was just that it was so quiet. And once you get that far out, the waves aren't as, at least like they're not like, oh, just high it's and, and, and crashing. Yeah, it's a lot more calm. So I was just like, ooh, maybe I'm not going to do this for the rest of the afternoon. And so I come back in, cool. But yeah, that was like brave me. I was like 19, so I was super brave. Now I would be like, girl, where's your vest? Where's the little beep beep thing that goes on the vest and make sure that like- All of like the, all, all the, the adults travel. questions and like- All the adults, like <clears throat> I'm responsible for my own body because I realized when I was out there, I'm like, yo, what would have happened if I had like flipped over? Yeah. Like I wouldn't have known. I didn't. Cause I think I accidentally flipped close to the shore a, a little after that. Yikes. Cause I just kind of wanted to- be right by the area just to kind of get a little bit more comfortable. But I had flipped and I didn't know how to flip back. So thankfully somebody was there. Petrifying moments. (laughs) And I'm telling you, I'm afraid of water. And like, yeah, I'm just stuck upside down on a boat. Like that's, or in a kayak. No go. I'm not helping your anxiety at all. I would never do that. No way. I love water. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm more, my predilection is like, I want to, learn how to do it so that yeah. I know what I'm doing. Mm. But still, my dumb butt going all the way out there with a bunch of fish guts. Yeah. Probably not the bravest, wisest thing to do when you have never done it and the people that are there with you have done it 10 times. Like that's what they would do. Yeah. Like they would go out there as a like with family like, yeah. going out there and doing that. So they they have an at least a modicum of experience versus this one 149 pound wet <laughs> Mexican that's just deciding, oh yeah, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna live a fantasy that I probably sh- fantasy under the sea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Yeah, your Pocahontas little, little mermaid, mermaid mashup. Mashup right there where it's just like, you know what? I'm just gonna just be a free spirit. By the way, I'm freaking the fuck out. 
I gotta get back in the water. I, mean, I gotta get back to land. So. I mean, I gotta get back to the water. I gotta, get, to back, land. I gotta get back to land. <laughs> Never again. No, no, that's definitely a fear But that of mine. sounds nuts. That yeah. sounds absolutely. I cannot believe you took that off in the middle of the water, like yeah. under the water. And like the dumbest thing is, like, I get goofed on this a whole lot where it's like I tell people, like, I'm scared of deep water. But they're like, dude, weren't you in the Navy? I'm like, yeah, the objective is to stay on the boat, <laughs> not be in the water. It's like, it's like a firefighter. They don't, they don't, they're not afraid of, they're like, they're not afraid of fire. They're afraid of getting burned. That would suck. It's the same thing. Like, I'm not so much afraid of water. I shower. I take, I drink water. I'm afraid of drowning. That's the thing. It's like, I'm not afraid of sharks. I'm afraid of getting eaten by a shark. It's, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah, I get what you mean. I respect, that's, that's I so respect, foul though, I for people to be shark. like, so you were in the Navy, but like, why are you afraid of water? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> ugh, you're afraid of needles, but you got all those tattoos. It's like, you know what, man? I'm also <laughs> afraid of dying, but here I am living. Okay. So <laughs> every single day, every, day, every breath I take, every I day. die a little more. I'm allergic to cats, but I got two of them. All right. I live my life sort of <laughs> dangerously. My I live dangerously. <laughs> Live moss. <laughs> yeah. Ding. <laughs> I like where this is going. Um, <laughs> with that being said, uh, I, I'm, I, when I came in here, I was like, man, I know I'm going to get blown up. Uh, and sure enough, I, I keep looking over and my phone keeps going off. But that's the nature of the business. So it's to where it's like it does, it does not matter because you're never really off. Okay. I, I can distinctly remember it was like, I'd worked like a 13-hour shift, 14-hour shift. I got home, took a shower, and my phone rang. And they were like, hey, man, you got to go to this thing. And I'm like, oh, bro, I got to be back in at 2 in the morning. And they're like, yeah, we know. Yeah, that's really one of the main reasons I went freelance and yeah. completely removed myself from that life because – there's already a lot of demands for me as an artist. Mm -hmm. So like ad artist and journalist, I would honestly, I would never sleep. And yeah. I already, and I'm already given the comment that where do you find time to sleep? Like, right. do you, or, where do you find time to, to be yourself? And honestly, being here in the Valley, it allows me to be myself right. because people really try not to, to mess with you. And at least in my opinion, like for me, they try not to mess with you and, and you don't mess with them and they're just kind of like ignore you. And that's kind of yeah. the beauty of the bubble that is the valley. But otherwise, it's just I'm happier that way. Yeah. But I get it. I get that. You're you're on and you're on all the time. Yeah. And it's and it's I think with anybody else who's just like, oh man, but like, don't you get tired of it? And it's like, no. It's like Well, you, you enjoy the work. I love it. I I honestly cannot imagine myself really doing anything else. I mean, there's maybe one or two other things, but I mean, I'm so in love with telling the stories of a community that raised me. Uh, I think if I, if I think if I worked somewhere else, I probably wouldn't, I would still care because it's just, it's like integrity, but do I have that emotional investment into that community? Mm. Being born and raised here in the Valley and knowing just how much stuff happens down here that oftentimes doesn't get told by people from here. Mm -hmm. It's like, you don't understand the things that we see. So how can you begin to tell people about that? So it's just, it, to me, it's just, it's, it's a responsibility more than it is just a job. 
Now, um, I really appreciate and thank you not only for for hanging out with my weirdo cats, yep. but also hanging out with weirdo me on this amazing <laughs> podcast. Yep. And the last thing, which is what we ask all our guests, mm-hmm. is um, what is some wisdom that you would like to impart about life accordion to you? Find your rock bottom. That does not necessarily mean like sobriety. It doesn't mean anything other than at what point in your life will you say, I will not allow myself to sink any lower and I got to just kick my own ass and get it together. For me, it's a lot, it's like that in a lot of different aspects. It's from mental health, physical health, my relationships with people, sobriety, my work. It's like, if this is the worst day, I'm never going to let this happen again. So find your rock bottom, set your boundaries and just, invest in yourself. If you don't invest in yourself, nobody else is like, and and like you can try to do imposter syndrome, but at the end of the day, an imposter is a fraud. So don't fake it. Like just be your true authentic self. I think oftentimes people are ashamed of being their true authentic self, but it's like, I think, I think there is more love out there in the world for you just being yourself than you being something that you're not. So just go out there and just let the world know who you are. Let your freak flag fly. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, just just be yourself. Like, I, I, you owe nothing to anyone to not be yourself. And I think that that's easier said than done. But I think once you do it, you'll be like, damn, I wish I did that earlier. So, that's my Well, sense. thank you all for coming to another episode of Accordion to Me, where we talk to our guests. And as always... Make sure to like, subscribe, or just leave a comment on what you thought of the episode. Thank you guys so much. My name is Veronique Medrano. Puro amor, puro besos, puro tejano. Bye. Thank you for listening to Accordion to Me. The team behind this week's episode includes mixing and editing by Juan Pablo Diaz, theme music by Rodrigo Montalvo, produced by Javi G from MD Media. In-person recordings were done at the Podify Studios and remotely through Riverside FM. Accordion to Me is distributed through Anchor, and you can stream Accordion to Me wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm your host and executive producer, Veronique Medrano. Puro amor, puro besos, puro Tex-Mex.